we're finishing off this series called Who You Bring In. We've been talking about how we should bring other people with us. We've been talking about this big word evangelism, right? And this week, I'm excited, parents, that you are here specifically because this week we're going to talk about how we share the gospel. We're going to get real specific. We're gonna, I want to give you guys a tool, a, a way that we can share the gospel, all right? And so parents, don't zone out. I know I'm not like Shane or Kevin or like I'm not that funny. I might like be less funny looking, but you know, like don't, don't zone out. But uh, uh, yeah, right. Um, pay attention because man, this is for all of us. This is, it, it, man, it's a great way. Well, it would be so cool if you as a family decided, hey, man, we heard these, these things about the three circles tonight. Let's go do this together. Man, wouldn't that be so cool if you as a family decided, let's go tell people about Jesus together. So don't zone out, man. This is a way, thing that we can do together, that we can grow together. And, and to be honest, man, through this series, this series has challenged me even. It's challenged me to walk into things that are uncomfortable. And, and I've had people that are on my heart that I've been praying for every single day. And, and honestly, it's hard for me. I haven't even taken the step to like go and actually have a conversation with them because it's uncomfortable, right? How many of us can agree that it's uncomfortable to talk to people, right? Like it's not easy, man, but when we do, there's life. There's so much joy in it. And so I'm right there with you. Man, I'm, I'm walking this with you. And so tonight, man, I hope that we can walk away having a tool to use, and then to go and to actually do something about it, all right? So let's recap what we've talked about real quick. First week, we talked about why, right? We talked about the why, why we share the gospel. And we, and we shared a verse, this has kind of been like our theme verse for the series. It's 1 Corinthians 9.16. It'll be on the screen. I think it's on your outline. And it says this, Paul is saying, for just preaching the gospel isn't any special credit to me. I couldn't keep from preaching it even if I wanted to. He says, I would be utterly miserable. Woe unto me if I don't. And so Paul says, listen, I can't help, I can't help but tell people because I'm so captivated by the gospel, right? And we talked about being captivated by Christ. Remember, we we did the arm wrestling thing, right? Like if you actually believe, if you actually believe that you can beat me, right? And then none of you, all of you came up and none of you beat me. Matt's the only one that beat me. All right, Matt, you get the applause. Yeah, right. No one applaud for you. See that? Oh, come on. I'm just kidding. No, but, but remember we said, we said that if you actually believe in something, then you'll get up and do something about it. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying, I'm so captivated by the gospel that I can't help but go and tell people about it. Remember I told you I had to pee so bad that I went into the locker room that I didn't want to go into? You guys remember what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I remember, right? That one was kind of weird. Yeah, but, but I'm... I'll explain it to you later for those of you that weren't here, um, but it's not really important. <laughs> but, uh, but the point is, man, when we're captivated by Christ, that's your fill-in, by the way, captivated by Christ. When we're captivated by Christ, we can't help but go and tell other people. This word gospel just means good news, right? If we look at it in the Greek, it just, it just means good news. That's, that's literally what the word means. Good news. And so we know that, that if the word means good news, then it is good news, right? But many of us live like it's not really good news. And, and we don't actually live and believe like it's good news because we don't do something about it. We don't act. And so we ask the question, do you really believe that it is good news? Do you actually live like it's good news? And so the reason, the why of why we share, why we bring people with us, why we tell people about Jesus is because we're captivated by Christ. We're captivated 
by what he's done for us. Then we talked about the who, right? Last week we talked about who. Ethan came up, and, and if you missed it, go listen to it because it was great. And uh, Ethan came up and shared with us, uh, and we talked about how we all have influence, right? That's your feeling. We all have influence. Each of us, no matter what we do, we have influence. If I decided to throw this pen at Ania, I, am I influencing her a little bit? Yeah, because she's afraid of me now, right? And everyone else in this room is kind of afraid that I'm going to throw something at you, right? Jackson gets afraid because he thinks I'm going to pelt them in the face, right? You see, we have influence in every decision that we make. Everything we do, we have influence. Every person that we see, every decision that we make, we make an influence. And Jesus said this, right? Matthew 5, 13. This was our verse for last week. Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And so Jesus says, look, you are the salt of the earth. And we talked about how, how salt was meant to, to not just for taste, but to preserve things. Now, what, what happens if you don't put, preserve something? What happens if you don't put it in the fridge? Like, it gets gross, right? Moldy, like... Just, it, it's bad, right? It's no good anymore. And if you eat that, you'll probably puke, right? No good. It's the corruption that happens. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you have influence in the corruption of the world. And the world is full of corruption. You have the opportunity. You have the privilege and the responsibility to influence the corruption of the world. Not because of who you are, but because of who Jesus is in you. And so because you're living with Jesus and walking with him, you have the opportunity to influence the corruption of the world. You have influence. And so who do we influence, right? Who, who do we bring with us? Well, the answer is everybody, right? The answer is that we have influence with everyone. That each person that we see, the, the, the grocery store, right? We talked about Dutch Bros, Starbucks. We see people every day. What are you doing to influence those people? But then Ethan gave us four things. He gave us four things, four action steps to walk with, four things to do. And those four things, I'm going to give them to you real quick. Number one was find your one. Find your one. And, and, and this was, remember we talked about, I told you guys about Rick, how Rick... Uh, got seven of us, and he said, hey, now that I've got seven of you, now you go find your seven. And he told us over and over again, find your seven, find your seven. And what that meant was, listen, go find people that you can influence, that you can tell about Jesus. And so we said, listen, just start with one. Find one person that you can start praying for, that you can start talking to about Jesus, that you can have an influence and an impact. So find your one, and then the second thing was pray for them, right? Pray for them. Start asking God to change their heart to soften their heart. The third one was to be intentional and available. Man, be intentional about where you're meeting them, about walking with them through difficult things. And number four was to share your story. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them why. Why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you follow him? Why do you go to church? Share your story. And this fourth one is where I want us to, to, to be today, where, where we're going to be in the how. In the how. The how is important, right? The how is important. The how gives us tools of how to communicate well, right? If we don't have tools to communicate, then we can't communicate well, right? Right? How many of you guys use your phones to communicate? All of us, yes, right? We use what? Like Snapchat. What else do we use? Instagram. Uh, text, right? How many of you guys have group messages on your phone? And you guys have like a family group message? I hate those things. Uh, 
right? I hate group messages. They're the worst, right? But, but we, we communicate these things, right? How many of you guys' parents, do you guys not, like, understand the, like, the language that some of your kids use? Any of you? Yeah? There's a few words that, like, I'm still, like, trying to figure out why people say them. Uh, like, like, uh, like, like, bet. Like, people, like, for some reason, people say bet all the time now, right? Like, like, hey, can you go take out the trash? All right, bet. Right? Like, what, what does that even mean? No? Like, just go take out the dang trash. Why do you have to say bet? Right? I'm not going to bet you that you're going to take out the trash. I just want you to go do it. Anyone ever said that to your parents? Wow, that's more than I thought. Uh, uh, Another one, no cap. No cap. Like what? What does that even mean? What? I'm serious. What does that mean? Because I really don't understand. No lie, not joking, not joking. Like use it in a sentence. I'm hungry and no cap. You would say that to yourself. Like, hey, there's a Chipotle. I'm hungry. No cap. Like, I'm driving by. What? This is, like, ridiculous. You see what I'm saying? Man, we, we have these tools. We have these tools. We have these ways that we communicate, right? We have these ways that we talk to people, even though most of us don't understand them, and they're ridiculous, and they're stupid, right? There's ways that we communicate. Yesterday, I was in Walmart, and, uh, and uh, there was a guy walking around. And he was, like, walking through the bread aisle. And he walked up to one of the workers and, like, I swear, like, walked up to his ear and just yelled, like, and just went up to him. Like, didn't ask the question. Didn't, he just yelled, baloney. Like, he, like, yelled it through the store. I'm dead serious. Like, he was just like, baloney. And then, like, and, like, kept walking and, like, looked back and, like, baloney. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, are you asking for baloney? Are you calling him baloney? Like, are you hungry? Like, did you eat that for dinner? What is your problem, right? Like, this guy doesn't know how to communicate. You see what I'm saying? Like, we have tools and a way to communicate. If we don't have tools, we become like the guy in Walmart screaming baloney, right? In the bread aisle. Like, that, that's not where you find the baloney. Right? See what I'm saying? Look. Shh, shh, shh. We have these tools that we use. We have these things that we use. And so I want to give you a tool. We can think about Moses, all right? Think about Moses. Moses, God called Moses to do what? If you've read the story, what did he call him to do? Through a, through a, there was like this thing. What, what did God show up in? Come on, you guys know the story. What is it? Burning bush, right? God shows up in a burning bush and he says, Hey, Moses, I want you to go to who? Come on, do we need to sing the song or something? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, right? Like, yeah, come on, you know that, right? Yeah. Pharaoh, like, hey, go let my people go, right? He's like, God says, hey, Moses, I need you to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go, right? And what does Moses do? No, what are you talking about? I can't do that, right? He's like, no, God, I can't. And they go back and forth, and there's this back and forth thing, like, God says, no, you're going. And Moses says, no, 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 I can't. And God says, no, you're going. And Moses says, no, I can't, right? Like, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden, God says, all right, Moses, you got your staff in your hand. I want you to throw it on the ground. And he throws it on the ground, and what, is it, what happens? Becomes a snake, right? And he's like, oh my, what in the world? Like the Bible says he runs away. Like, go read it. I'm serious. Like, he, like he's afraid of snakes or something, right? And so he runs away, but, the, but it becomes a snake. And then he says what? Pick it up. And it becomes a staff again. What is this? It's a tool. Yeah, well, it's not really magic. But it's a tool for God that God's giving Moses to say, hey, listen, this is going to help you when you go see this guy Pharaoh. And then he says, all right, I want you to put your hand in your cloak. So he puts his hand in his cloak. Moses was a cool guy because he wore a cloak, apparently, right? 
Hopefully he had clothes underneath. Uh, anyway, so he put his hand in his cloak, right? He pulls it out, and it's all white. He's got a disease. And he says, all right, put it back in. He puts it back in, he pulls it back out, and what happens? It's healed, like nothing ever happened. What is this? It's a tool. God's giving Moses a tool to go and show Pharaoh that God is bigger than he is. And so Moses, what does he do? He says, no, 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 I still can't do this, God. I still. He's like, no, 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 no. You don't get it. I got to stutter, right? I can't speak. And God's like, Moses, seriously? Like, who made you, Moses? Who gave you your mouth? Who put a mouth on that face? God's like, oh, I, I kind of messed up on that, like, tooth thriller right there, right? But, but, but I gave you that mouth. So don't you think I can provide for you? Moses is still like, no, 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 I can't do this. So God's like, it, the Bible literally says God gets angry, right? He's annoyed. And he says, all right, Aaron's coming. I want you, Aaron to go with you. What's he doing? He's giving him a tool, a way to tell Pharaoh that God is bigger. And could you imagine, though? Could you imagine if Moses said, nope, I don't want to do this? All the tools that God just gave him. And Moses said, no, I'm too uncomfortable. How many of us get stuck there? And could you imagine the life change that would not have happened if Moses chose not to trust God and instead take a step back and say, no, I can't do this. It's too uncomfortable. So tools are good. And we're going to talk about a tool. But I, I want to say this. Tools are no good if you don't use them. Right? I mean, what's the point? So the tool that I want to give you, man, it, it is important. It's good, but, but it's just a tool. And so use it like a tool. Don't sit here. I'm so tired of watching people sit here, come to Wednesday night service, and they just come and they just see. Come and watch. Man, I want North Point Student Ministry to be a place where it's not just come and see, but come and be a part of. Where we don't just come on Wednesday nights, but we go and do the things that we learn. And we put it into practice. So, let's talk about this tool. It's from this book that we've been talking about a little bit, turning uh, everyday conversations into gospel conversations. So if you haven't gotten it, you can still get it. Um, it's good. But let's talk about this tool. Uh, th let's say that you're having a conversation with someone, right? So you're sitting with co at coffee, at lunch, whatever, with someone, right? A friend or whatever. And they start talking about, man, man, my life has just been really hard. Uh, my family is just, man, they're fighting all the time. And, and I just get, end up giving in. And, and I just give in to anger. And I start throwing things. And I just get, I get so mad. And I start arguing. And like they start going, and they start talking about this, right? So imagine you're sitting there. You're, you're listening. And, and you're hearing them say this. And then, and then with this, like this, this is, we're just hypothetical, right? So then you say, all right, well, well thank you for sharing, man. But can, I, I haven't been through that situation, but can I tell you something that's helped me? Can I tell you something? Can I share something with you that, that's helped me in my walk and in the, in the times that are hard? So they're like, yeah, okay, right? Well, then you draw the circle, all right? So you got a napkin, got a pen, whatever, right? Draw a circle, okay? I want you guys, on your outline, you got a big space. Draw a circle, and I want you to write God's design in the middle. God's design, all right? And so we, we talk about God's design. Now, now you, you can talk with them about how God has a design for our lives. 
how he has a purpose for our life. And, and we can see God's design for our lives in, in the world around us, right? In everything that we do. Sorry, if I don't drink water in my mouth, it's going <coughs> to dry up. All right. So God's design. We see God's design in everything that we do, right? In the sunrise, in the sunset, in the like pretty little flowers, right? In the birds that you hear. I see God's design when I kill the birds, right? Like you see God's design in these things in nature, in the things that he's created, right? God's cr- God created like hunting to like, we're not going to go into it, right? But you get the point. God's design, okay? God, God created us, and we see God's design in people. We see God's design in the way that he's created people. Psalm, you can share this verse, right? You're talking to this person, and you're sharing this verse. Psalm 139. Psalm 139 says this, For, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. Right? And so you talk about... God created us for a purpose. I mean, knitting, I've never knitted anything before. Anyone ever knit anything before? Yeah? That's sweet. But I think that knitting, like, like is, like, really difficult. Like, it looks really hard, right? But you got to, like, be intimate. Like, you got to be personal. You have to be close to it, right? God knit us together. He was personal in making you. This is God's design. God's design is that he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And so you're talking to this person and you say, look, God has a design for your life. But, but then you say, look, I, even though I know that God has a design for my life, I didn't always recognize that. In fact, sometimes I, 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 I went away from it. I rebelled against it. And I, and I went away from God's design. Sometimes I, I'm tempted to go and run in the opposite direction from God's design. And so we draw this arrow. You can draw an arrow like this on the screen. Draw an arrow. And then right at the top, sin. Sin is this word that the Bible uses to talk about going away from God's design. It's missing the mark. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That we all sin, that we all mess up. And so you're talking to this person and you say, Look, man, I've messed up. I've walked away from God's design. We've all fallen short. And then, then you draw another circle. And this other circle, it says the word brokenness inside of it. It has a bunch of squiggly lines on the outside. And, the, and, and brokenness is the result of sin. Because sin is in the world, because there are people, because each of us have fallen short of God's design, because each of us walk away from God's design, there's brokenness. And we see brokenness in people. Right? We see brokenness in people every single day at school, at home, wherever we go. We see brokenness in, in the world and in crime, right? In, in, in sickness and, and even death. We see brokenness. Right? We, we feel brokenness when we feel guilty and shameful. When we're struggling in relationships and addiction and depression. And we feel the brokenness. And, and no one likes to be broken, right? We don't like broken things. So what do we do? We try to fix it. We try to fix it. And we think, well, well, I got myself into this brokenness so I can get myself out. And so that's what these squiggly lines are, right? This is us trying to fix it on our own, right? I mean, the world has created like industry, like companies that, that do this, that try to fix things, self-help books, right? right? Ther- like all these things, like we, tr- we do these things to try to fix it on our own. We, we go, we, we, some of us turn 
to other addictions, to drugs, to alcohol, to other relationships, right? We turn back to these things, and we try to, to fix it on our own. But what happens is it only leads us back to brokenness and further away from God's design. So, then we draw another circle. The good news is that God decided to do something about it. And that's the gospel. Like we said earlier, the gospel just means good news. The gospel means that that Jesus came to change that. He came to change everything. And so, in, in, in the gospel circle, it might not be on the screen, but, but there, what I want you to do is I want you to draw a down arrow. Down arrow, okay? Underneath where the word gospel, down arrow. Now this is Jesus. He came down from heaven. Came to be with us. Came to be one of us. Came and lived a perfect life. Did nothing wrong. And then next to it, to the right of it, I want you to draw a cross. He came, he lived a perfect life, and then he died a criminal's death on the cross. He died and took our punishment. And then, I want you to draw another arrow going up on the other side of it. Then, he defeated death. He defeated brokenness. And he changed all of it and made a way for us to have life. This is the gospel. It's an easy diagram. Down arrow, cross, up diagram. Easy way to tell people about Jesus. And Jesus came, he died, took the punishment for us, and defeated it. Which means that when God sees us, he no longer sees us as broken people, but that when we choose to to repent and believe, that he sees us like he sees Jesus. So I want you to draw another arrow. And this arrow, you're going to write, repent and believe. Repent and believe. Jesus, when he, when he comes into town, the first thing he tells people, one of the first things he says in, in Mark chapter 1, he says, look, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. And he says, look, repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe. Now this word repent just means to change direction, right? It means we're going in one way and we're going to go the opposite. Repent just means to turn around, to change, to do something different, go in a different direction. And and believe just means that we believe that what Jesus did on the cross, what he did in in his death and resurrection was true. And that what he's done for us means that we can live with him forever. We believe that. And we believe that like we believe the chair we sat in is gonna hold us up, right? You sat down and didn't, didn't think anything about it. We believe that Jesus did that like we believe in that chair. And so that's what it means to repent and then to believe. And once we do that, there's one last thing. There's another arrow you're going to draw back to God's design. And there's two words you're going to write. Recover and pursue. Recover and pursue. This is, it just means that we have another chance. That we've messed up, we've lived in brokenness, and we've tried to do it our own way, but then we choose to say, I can't do this on my own anymore, I need Jesus. And so we repent and believe, we turn from doing it our own way, we believe in the gospel, and then we we recover and we pursue God's design. 
and we have another chance to do it. The good news is that God gives unlimited do-overs. Now, doesn't, that's not a, a reason to go, like, do whatever you want and say, I'm just going to do it, right? Man, but, but we, that's not pursuing God's design. See what I'm saying? So we're talking to this person, and, and we say, listen, recover and pursue. Pursue God's design. And, and then we ask this person, right? So we're, again, we're talking to, to someone. I'm talking to them about how their family life's difficult and, and, and everything. And, and, then, and so we're talking to them, and, and, I, and I say, listen, we just drew this together. Where do you see yourself in here? Now, most people, if we're having this conversation, where are they going to relate to? The brokenness, right? If he's sitting there and he's saying, look, I, I'm having a difficult time, my family, right, my family life is rough and, and this and that, or, or whatever it is, most of them are going to say, man, I, I relate to the brokenness part. That's where I think I am. And so if they're honest and they're open, that, that's what they're going to say. And then, and then we can have an opportunity to say, well, is there anything stopping you from repenting and believing in Jesus and taking this and believing in the gospel and then pursuing him and his design? And, and, and this is where it gets scary, guys. This is where it's like, I don't know, like it's uncomfortable, right? Like they, they could say no, they could say that whatever, right? This is where we just give it to them. This is where we give it to God and where God has to do a work in their heart to change their heart, to follow him. And so if they say yes, then we can help them and walk them through a, a prayer. We can help, help them walk to talk to God about these things. There's a slide that's going to come up that's going to talk about, man, what should they do, right? Now, now that, you've, that you've heard the good news, now that we've walked through these circles, now that we've, we've talked about what the good news is, what the gospel is, right? It says God wants you to respond to him, right? And you can talk to, you can say these things. Talk to him using these words, like, my life is broken, right? This person is, you're telling this person that. You, you get that? Like, you're telling them, listen, you can talk to God and say, look, my life is broken, and I recognize that, that I can't do this on my own. And then they can talk to God and say, I, I believe that Jesus came to die, and that he was raised from the dead and taking on my sin. And then you, they, they, you tell them, look, just ask for forgiveness, Say, man, I'm turning from my ways and I want to pursue God's design in all these things. And so you guys see that this is a tool. This is a way, an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Man, but like I said before, tools are no good if we don't choose to use them. So choose to use this. Guys, don't leave. Man, without thinking about that, write down that person's one name. Write down that one person's name. Start praying for them. Be intentional to meet them where they are. And then share your story. This is a way that we can share our story. This is a tool that we have to share our story. Guys, let's put this into action. Man, I said it last week, but how cool would it be if each of us in here, I mean, there's what, like 70 of us in here? If each of us decided to pick one person, that's, that's, that, that, that's like, like double. Like if we doubled it, like 140 people. That's 70 people. That not just their life today is impacted, but their eternity forever. 
And because their eternity is, is forever changed, their life today is changed too. And they can have joy that goes beyond all understanding. Man, listen, are you captivated by Christ? Do you believe that it's good news? If you do, take the next step. It's uncomfortable, it's hard, and I get it. And I'm, like I said, I'm with you. I, I, I am. Man, I have a cousin who doesn't know Jesus, and, and his name has been on my heart all often, like every single day. And I've been praying for him every single day. But praying's the easy part, right? Because I don't actually have to talk to him. But then when I go and I talk to him and I sit across from the table with him and I get there and I, and, I, and I think about doing this or I think about telling him about Jesus, man, that's where I feel uncomfortable. It's hard. It's difficult. Man, but there's freedom. If, if Peter never would have stepped out of the boat, he could have never told the story that he walked on water. We have to trust that Jesus is going to provide a place for our foot to land. Man, I've said that before. We have to trust that when it's, it's difficult, when it's hard, when it's uncomfortable, that God is with us, that he's walking with us, that he can give, give us the words to say. Man, this is a tool. Use it. Take this book. Go, go buy one of these books, man. Take, take a life book. These are free. We have a bunch of these. Take like 10 of them and go give them out. Life books are just an easy way to just say, hey man, this is the gospel. Read through this and let's talk about it. Use these things to tell people about Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your gospel and your truth and your good news. Jesus, I pray that you, that you would give us the confidence and the boldness and to be to be captivated by who you are and what you've done. And the confidence to, to know that, that we have influence with each person that we see and that we interact with every single day and we have an opportunity and a responsibility to tell them about you. Jesus, help us to walk into the uncomfortable, to find freedom there. Walk with us, Jesus. Amen. Thank you that you do. Thank you that you give us the boldness and the courage and the peace to do that. We love you. We praise you in all these things. Amen.